as we welcome back Jensen Lewis uh, from Loud Outs on Sirius XM, Major League Baseball Radio. Back to Sports 1440. Morning, Jensen. Hey, good morning. Always great to be with you, Kev. How you doing? Oh, doing great. Up here. We're just so I'm just so excited uh, for baseball to be back with spring training. I'm sure you echo those sentiments. Uh, what's your kind of schedule? Where how do you cover spring training uh, with all the teams that you got to kind of look after and and so forth? Yeah, it's the uh, the old uh, summer reading back to school regiment, right? <laughs> uh, got to be ready with, for a test on day one. So uh, excited to to kind of see where this this story unfolds in the 2024 version. And, you know, honestly, Kevin, still with a lot of big-time free agents that are still left and available, I think that's probably one of the big storylines heading into games getting underway here on Thursday and Friday. <clears throat> you still have Cody Ballinger, Matt Chapman, obviously, on the position player side, but then – wondering where uh, Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery uh, are going to land. So some marquee uh, names that are still out there, hopefully they have destinations coming up here in the next week or so. But by and large, of course, I know we've talked about it before uh, with Shohei Otani and and Yoshi Yamamoto going to the Dodgers, the two big free agents, um, at least uh, from an overall league perspective, both ending up uh, in Southern California. Anxious to see how it plays out with Shohei not pitching this year and Yamamoto getting his first taste of what it's really like to go up against big leaguers every day. So a lot of big storylines. Excited to see also what does Texas do for an encore? Arizona's offseason has been phenomenal uh, as a runner-up in the World Series. So as you said, echoing your sentiments too, very excited to see where all this gets to start playing out. It's such an exciting time of the season. Uh, uh, Jensen Lewis with us on Sports 1440. You did mention a couple of guys that Blue Jay fans are very interested in uh, as far as – potential free agents in Chapman and Bellinger. Any chance that you could see that maybe one of those two surfaces in Toronto? Yeah, I, Kevin, honestly, every day that kind of goes by, your your chances definitely increase because the old adage of the price perhaps starts to come down even more and, and levels in a spot where uh, a team like Toronto could be in on one, if not at both of them, to see where they've gone uh, for their offseason thus far. It kind of lends you uh, to two thoughts. First and foremost, um, are, are they kind of seeing where the market plays out and perhaps can can pounce if the situation and the right situation presents itself? But then also with the long game, understanding you're probably having those internal discussions uh, as we speak. What's it going to take to lock in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for an extension? Uh, is it possible to do the same thing with Bo Bichette and, and really have an idea of not only what your payroll is going to look like this year, uh, but also moving forward? And then from looking at the division, right, uh, a huge blow uh, to the Baltimore Orioles with Kyle Bradish and the injury there and, and depleting their rotation of a, a guy who was so critical for their success last year. Uh, one year of Corbin Burns with the trade coming over, and as we know, that really solid young position player core that all gets another year under their belt. I, I think if we look at it right now, Kev, that, that American League East has to be um, the most competitive division. That's even with Boston, uh, who right now, it's crazy to say, you can predict them to be last in the division, but I think they did improve themselves a bit, albeit Red Sox fans probably probably don't agree <laughs> with that whatsoever. But, yeah, I think overall, you look at where, where the Blue Jays stand, every day that kind of goes by – uh, those those percentage points creep up a bit, particularly for, for Chapman and Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore took such a big step, uh, Jensen, in the sense from last year to, or two years ago to last year. Can they continue that trend? Yeah, I think that's always the, the great thing about looking at a team that, you know, really uh, achieves such a great collective season like they did last year. And what do you do for an encore? Because 
not that not that Baltimore was going to sneak up on anyone last year, but uh, the secret is out. Everyone knows that uh, with Gunnar Henderson winning Rookie of the Year, Adley Rutschman you know, potentially an MVP candidate headed into this season, uh, and what their their pitching staff was able to accomplish, uh, I, I think that is is always hard to duplicate year in and year out. But if there's a team that has an ability to do that, I think it's Baltimore. I think right now you see what their biggest challenge is, and it's already dealing with. Uh, an injury to their ace and, and Kyle Bradish. How do you how do you react from that? And and is it from uh, an area within? Uh, you know, you look at the depth of what they've been able to to use as far as rotation assets are, and we know Grayson Rodriguez will be a big part of that top duo with Corbin Burns. What do you get from John Means this year? And then the rest of the depth options that they'll sort out here to fill Bradish's spot. That's always the thing I look at is. For a team that has really achieved, uh, maybe perhaps beyond even their expectations, how do you come back the next year? How do you have the same fire? And then those other teams knowing a bit more now about, okay, well, we can't go attack them this way. We've got to make an adjustment. And then the chess piece is playing out over a six-month season. Jensen, can Jackson Holiday make the team coming in out of spring training for Baltimore? You know, Kevin, everybody we talk to, at least initially, feels that it's a very, very good chance. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, really barring something unforeseen, I think that probably was the mentality for them this offseason. Again, knowing, you know, where they were last year uh, with the exit and the playoffs, but also the development of that core. And with what he did over in the fall league and then uh, the early reports uh, from what he's looked like through the offseason and into the first week or so of camp, it you know all that we can connect the dots. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. I think they wanted him to be from day one a big part of what they do day in and day out. And it's hard to get past you know <laughs> what talent and impact he can bring. So yeah, good problem to have right there. Even if for maybe that small part where they were not going to have him on the big league roster right away, you would have to believe it's not long for him to be in AAA Norfolk before he's at Camden Yards. And then would, like, uh, Jorge Mateo be the insurance policy, I guess, at short? Or how, how? what do you see there? Not a bad insurance policy, yeah. right, Kevin? Yeah. For what he was able to do, not only defensively, but on the base pads as well. Um, a guy that you can plug and play. And, and I think that's where Brandon Hyde has the embarrassment of riches is you already know you have a guy who can handle the day-to-day duties uh, from a Mateo perspective. But, yeah, you, you dream a bit more knowing – you got Jackson Holiday waiting right there, possibly for day one. Jensen Lewis, loud outs on Sirius XM, Major League Baseball Radio, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, you did touch on uh, Shohei Otani and the uh, L.A. Dodgers moving forward, uh, Jensen. If you were to put a number on, I guess, a, a win total of, for the Dodgers, is it like 110? Where is it at? Yeah, it's it's definitely in the hundreds, and I, I want to say most of uh, the sports books have them around 103, 104, oh. somewhere in that range. And I, I mean, even for that, it, it it doesn't get you know much better than knowing that you're projected already to be in triple digits. I think the two things I look at immediately are the again we talk about health of rotations. You know, what will the Dodgers have here moving forward? Uh, even with Clayton Kershaw coming back later in the year, we know no Otani in the rotation and expecting, you know, great things from Yamamoto right out of the gate. I know that's the prevailing sentiment in the industry, uh, but I think you and I have watched enough baseball to know uh, you got to see it to believe it. And uh, the couple of live BPs already, I know Freddie Freeman was on record saying like, I'm glad he's on my team. That's always great to hear, but man, you get into competition. Let's kind of see where, where the dominoes fall there. 
Yeah, Tyler Glass now, the health for him has been an issue the last couple of seasons. Obviously a big acquisition for them as well. And really, what do we get, you know, from a Walker Bueller yeah. uh, in a walk year for him too? So questions abounding, you know, for the Dodger rotation. But honestly, Kevin, when you think about what their potential is, yeah, you understand with that offense and, and knowing that you're going to get Betts, Freeman, and Otani in, in some order that way. That's that's really tough to navigate three four times a night. Yeah, and you get Gavin Lux back as well. You know, yeah. missed a whole season. Um, when you mentioned Walker Bueller, is he going to be ready to roll? And I mean, when you watch him throw, Jensen, I mean, he puts so much torque on his arm. Um, is he going to be okay? You think? I think they probably take it uh, very gingerly, the old baby steps, and uh, you know, clear the checkpoints. I, I don't know how many cliches we could fit in, Kev, but I think that's where Dave Roberts. And that group, they know they're playing the long game. They realize that if they're going to get to the fall classic, they've got to have him not only healthy for uh, whatever duration of the regular season he's going to contribute, but those meaningful innings, uh, as you talked about, leverage innings big time uh, in October playoff baseball. So I would say for me, uh, they'll take it kind of outing by outing, pen by pen. We'll see where he's at from there. But what a boost it would be for him, even if, again, it's, it's not right away. Uh, from the opening day rotation, I can't envision it would be too far after that that he's in there. Mm-hmm. Jensen Lewis, uh, our guest on Sports 1440. If you said Baltimore was a team that maybe um, snuck up on some teams last year, are there some teams this year, Jensen, who you think might do the same in each division? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, let's see. I, I would say probably in the National League, I know the Cincinnati Reds are probably going to be a team you look at in the Central that are are really kind of poised for, for a breakout campaign. And I know last year you sort of saw you sort of saw that the idea of, of what their youth movement could be, similar to that of Baltimore. You know, they've got a nice young core there with Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan India, the holdover there, kind of the elder statesman of the group, if you will. Uh, who's been through the wars there in the lean years for the Reds and then getting Jamer Candelario uh, to be in the middle of that lineup. Huge boost for them. They're extremely athletic. They're exciting to watch. And, again, their their rotation has all the makings of being extremely dominant and there for many years to come. So I'd say the Reds are probably one of those teams uh, in the National League. In the American League, and it may not be sneaking up on anyone, but, man, you feel like Seattle has got to find a way this year Last year was sort of historic to see how many strikeouts that they averaged in April and May from the position player side. I think that lightning bolt doesn't hit again uh, this season. I, I just it feels like they've got to be uh, better than where they were last year. It was, it was really tough to watch night in and night out, but such a deep rotation, maybe one of the best starting fives yeah. in all of baseball. Back into the bullpen with so much swing and miss ability. I think Seattle is one of those teams. That, I know a lot of people liked them last year. They just kind of got out of the gate a little slow. But, man, if there's a team that could get going quick this year, I think Seattle is a good team. I love George Kirby, too. He could be poised for a big season uh, yep. with the Mariners. Uh, where do you sit on the Cleveland Indians, uh, Jensen? They've got, you know, of course, the Naylor boys from Canada, uh, Bo and, and Josh playing for the Indians. But, um Tristan McKenzie was injured, came back, probably, uh, you know, uh, he's your number two starter behind Bieber. Where, where, where do you sit on the Indians moving forward this year? Yeah, you know, Ken, when you think about Cleveland, just overall the roster makeup within that AL Central, uh, the, the rotation injuries definitely derailed a lot of their hopes last year. And uh, both Bieber and McKenzie dealing with uh, their own individual stints on the IL. It seems as though both of them are back healthy. Uh, all the reports and indicators are that they'll take Tristan 
uh, a bit slower in his progression to make sure he's built up and, and in a good spot. Uh, no indication that he's going to miss any time or anything. I think they're just going to be very diligent about his workload and making sure he's ready for that opening day rotation. Uh, Beaver put on a, a few miles an hour this offseason. We'll see how that translates uh, once he gets into the live competition and, and into those spring training starts. And then, honestly, you know, the workload of the big three rookies last year in Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams, Logan Allen, uh, all three of them projected to be in that opening day rotation. What their workload looks like, I think, uh, will really be a tightrope for, for first-year manager Stephen Vogt and, and Carl Willis, the pitching coach. But they have been so good as an organization, uh, having great rotation depth and being able to, to really go down the last couple of years if they've needed to get a young arm They've been able to come up and be ready to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. Offense has been the big issue. What will they get from their outfield? Uh, I think that's probably question number one. Um, you know, you have Ramon Laureano in there, which means you got to find a, a place possibly for Miles Straw, or he's got to be on the bench. Uh, what do you do in right field? Uh, is, does it end up being uh, Davis, uh, Davis and De Los Santos, who they had picked up in the Rule 5 draft from Arizona? Uh, Kyle Manzardo is a big name to watch for them. Mm -hmm. He had a great Arizona Fall League and a guy that could be instant impact offense for them from day one. So um, I, I think Bo, I think Bo Naylor has a, a breakout year for him. He's, he's one of my top 10 catchers uh, for LMB Network Radio's top 10 list. I think he really takes a big step forward this year hmm. and a great mentor to have in Austin Hedges, who they brought back in free agency. So uh, as basically we know, the, the Guardians go as, as Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor go. So if Josh can stay healthy for a whole year, Man alive. Uh, what a great dynamic duo for Cleveland. How's Bo as a catcher, I guess, in the sense of handling a staff? Yeah, I think he made some great strides last year. And, uh, you know, even Hedgie sort of talked about it, that you're not going to know everything coming up right away and be expected to, to do it day in and day out. But I, I believe that watching him, seeing his progressions and his, his game calling, of course, we know, uh, the great defense and the big arm behind the plate to shut down the running game. But I think another year <clears throat> under his belt, and I also, he knows he's going to be the starter. And and that's a whole different mindset for a young player, being able to come in, don't have to look over your shoulder if you get off to a slow start offensively. I think that's a, a, a nice way to have him calm from a mental standpoint and, and earn the trust even more so of the guys already on the staff. Uh, one last one for you, Jensen. I don't know if you saw this little drill at the Cincinnati Reds camp that they were using. <laughs> Did you see that with the uh, oh kind of the uh, uh, little toy hippo, uh, inflatable yeah. kind of poolside hippo? <laughs> yeah, no, no stuffed animals were harmed in, in any of those drills. But what a, what a great creative idea to, to not only you know in, impact uh, the the idea of, of what you're trying to accomplish there, but uh, stuffed animal sales uh, on a good year. They got to be going up after that. <laughs> did you ever, when you were kind of when you were playing, did you ever have drills like that? With I guess this is a little unique, a little far out, a little different. Yeah, the only the only one I can remember is uh, we we would get out to college football uh, from time to time to try and help with with our breaking ball guys that that sort of struggled uh, with that that release point and that shaping of the breaking ball. We try and throw some spirals and then uh, be able to get up on the bump and and be able to throw it. But that's a new one for me <laughs> to see some stuffed animals deployed in spring training for sure. Was that for your rotation on on a breaking ball? Yeah, just more so when you're out front and not trying to, to create that, that spin and that shape behind you, um, as, as most players and most pitchers will, will kind of tell you, like mm -hmm. you want to release the ball from that same release point and that same arm slot. Sometimes when guys try and shape it, they'll, they'll release it a bit farther back instead of out front. Uh, and with that, that football drill, it allows you to have that feel of the ball coming out of your hand 
and then be able to shape it with that grip with the baseball. So just a different sort of release point because it's a bigger bigger ball in your hand, I guess? Yeah, and just how you, you have to, to be able to throw the spiral, you've got to have sort of that same kind of breaking ball release, if you will. And, and just for that idea, just trying to get your mind off if you're in a little bit of a rut, uh, sometimes that drill can kind of get you back to even and, and be able to get that muscle memory that you need. Mm, cool stuff. Hey, Jensen, can't thank you enough. I know you're so busy with spring training coming up, and we're looking forward to the next uh, you know couple of weeks and games getting going. So uh, it's going to be a fun time. Thanks for uh, hopping on today, and uh, we'll chat. To, as, a, as the regular season gets going, we'll chat soon. Anytime, Kev. I appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to next time.